Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On Metro News, the voice of West Virginia, this is West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence. You'll have big fish. Well, you'll have several big fish to run pretty close to 10 pounds. This vehicle's actually been rolled over more than once. I'll try not to add to that legacy today, if you don't mind. Most of your blood trail dogs for the most part, they're dash hounds, wiener dogs. Some people use labs. Some people use pit bulls. But for the most part, on leash is a wiener dog. West Virginia's only outdoor radio show. Proudly presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails. With over 600 miles of ATV trails located in the rich mountains of southern West Virginia. And now, here's West Virginia's voice of the outdoors, Chris Lawrence. Here we are, another weekend in the outdoors of West Virginia. Glad to have you listening in wherever you might be this morning. We are appreciative that you're spending at least an hour of your weekend with us. But as always, if you're in a tree stand this morning, I doubly appreciate your dedication to listening into the show. However, turn the radio off because you don't want to miss the buck of a lifetime listening to Chris Lawrence. That's not the story you want to tell, <laughs> that you were listening to the show and it caused you to be distracted and did not see that gigantic... 175 score eight point that walked through chasing a doe. Exactly. You don't want to do that. So we do give you a pass if you are, uh, if you are hunting, uh, this morning. You, you get a hall pass. You can listen to the show, uh, on the podcast afterward if you're, if you, if you don't get the chance to listen to it because you're hunting. Once you're back home and warming up and having a cup of coffee, uh, and, and have uh, emailed all your buds about the big buck you killed this morning in the seven o'clock hour, then you can listen to the show and you can send us a picture of it. At the Ram Trophy Photo Contest. See how easy that is, Coop? That's how that works. We don't, uh, we don't want to be responsible for somebody not killing a deer. Uh, in all seriousness, though, some guys do send me, uh, uh, text that they are literally in their tree stand listening and you have no idea how much that means to me. And I appreciate it. Other guys will, will send us texts that they're, uh, listening on the job. They are, they are cursed with the need to work on a Saturday morning. Nobody likes that, but I, I hope that this show gives you an opportunity at least to learn a little bit and to be informed and makes that workday go by just a little bit faster for you. I do appreciate all that you do to uh, to make this show possible. Uh, on today's program, Dr. Jim Crum, who is the deer project leader for the West Virginia DNR and a man who has probably forgotten more about deer biology and deer management than most of us will ever know, uh, will join us on the show. We'll talk about the upcoming buck uh, firearm season in West Virginia. That opens up, believe it or not, a week from Monday. It sneaked up on us quick, didn't it? 
But uh, Jim will be by. We'll talk about the forecast that he sees for uh, the buck season in West Virginia and uh, and get the lowdown on what the deer herd in West Virginia looks like, its health and uh, and numbers and so forth, and, and break that down with him. Uh, and that'll be uh, the duration of the show. We may even open up the phone lines if you've got a question or two for him. We'll uh, we'll look at that as well. A couple of news items to pass along to you, though. Uh, this came down this week from the U.S. Car- Army Corps of Engineers. They're going to be pulling Sutton Lake. Uh, a little further than Winter Pool for a couple of weeks here. This is significant because they're going to drop it another 30 feet to a, to a level of 865 feet, and it's going to be that way for a couple of weeks, and that will start December 1st. Why is that significant? Well, first, a lot of guys like to fish Sutton Lake year-round. For wintertime fishing, Sutton is one of the better places in West Virginia uh, with a high percentage of catching some decent bass. They lurk deep there. The water is very deep there. And uh, the wintertime's a good time to find them uh, in those deep haunts. Winter pattern there, a lot of guys know it and work it well, and you catch some big fish in the wintertime at Sutton. This is going to impact that, in uh, at least in the short term. It won't have a lasting impact on the fish. What it will have a bigger impact on is access to the lake. The two lo- the two ramps that are used in the wintertime, B Run, and then across the bay from that uh, over at, uh, at the south abutment of the dam, those are the two ramps that you can launch in the wintertime at Sutton, and dropping it 30 feet is going to make that even a challenge. It doesn't say that you won't be able to do it, but be prepared that there's going to be a lot of siltation on the very end of the ramp as you're launching at that lower water uh, level. They're going to drop it down because they've got to do some work on the base of the dam, installing some equipment and making some repairs. you got to do that from time to time. Dam's been around for a long time, so uh, <laughs> the last thing you want is for that thing to foul up. It's going to mess up a lot of stuff. So you got to you got to do routine maintenance on it, and that's why they got to drop it. The other thing that will impact it is a lot of guys use the lake to access the Sutton uh, th- to access the uh, wildlife management area that surrounds the lake. So. Keep that in mind because that'll be the second week of buck season that this will be going on, and you may not be able to reach that place that you always hunt uh, with your boat. And the other thing that will impact is the navigation of the lake. The channel is going to be much lower, and a lot of obstacles that may not normally be there will be uh, there. <laughs> so that uh, could present a hazard as well, particularly if you're riding up through there before daylight to, to go hunting. So keep all that in mind as you make your plans for the upcoming uh, hunting season. The lake is going to be lower. They say mid-December they should be done with that, and everything will be back to normal. So... And I've got a write-up about it this morning at the Outdoors page of WVMetroNews.com. The other thing to keep in mind, the U.S. Forest Service has announced that today, uh, weather permitting, they're going to be doing a controlled burn in the Brushy Mountain Buskirk Grouse Management Area. That's east of Mapledale in Greenbrier County. Close to 100 acres is what their target is to burn there. Now, uh, obviously, Smoky Bear for a generation has taught us the uh, horrid effects of forest fires, and with you know, with good cause. However, uh, don't be completely uh, afraid of a fire because it is, uh, you know, a fire is how before man was uh, getting involved in forest management. Fire is how Mother Nature controlled the forest itself, and when used in a controlled situation like this, 
it can be used effectively and probably more effectively than any other means to do a lot of good things that protect the forest. And that is when you set the fire like that and you have the control burn, it doesn't burn nearly as hot. The heat and the intensity of the heat's what impacts the future of your forest. That could damage the trees. A, a, a fire like this that moves quickly does not get really hot. Not going to do a whole lot of damage. What it is going to do, though, is clear out a lot of the leaf litter and the dead and decaying material that can become a fuel load if you do get a wildfire in adverse conditions, and uh, that will really, really uh, create intense heat with a fire at other times. So they're cleaning up the forest floor, basically, is what they're doing. And in doing so, they're clearing the way for by this spring, you won't even be able to be able to tell there was a fire there because it'll bring back a, 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 a burst forth of spring growth. And that'll create a lot of conditions that are great for wildlife, including browse for the deer, cover and, uh, and, and, and food sources for things like grouse and wild turkey, and a lot of other critters that depend on that early successional habitat uh, in that area. So keep that in mind. They're going to be doing a little burning there uh, in the uh, Mapledale area of Greenberg County. You're probably going to see some smoke if they go forward with it today. Don't be alarmed. It is a controlled burn. They know what's going on there. Finally, uh, I'm really appreciative of all the people who have sent in pictures to the uh, Ram Trucks Trophy Photo Contest. Be sure and keep those coming, especially as we get toward the uh, buck season. I know you, you'll have a lot to send me at that point, so I'm looking forward to all of them. But it doesn't have to be a deer. If you caught a big old fish back in the summer or back last spring, we're getting a lot of those as well. And it doesn't even have to be a fish. It could be anything that you have caught or killed while you're hunting or fishing. doesn't even have to be in West Virginia. Maybe you got a big fish at the beach last year. That's fine. Yeah, maybe you went out west and killed a big elk. I'm cool with that. Send it in. We'd love to see it. And everybody that enters a picture in the contest uh, goes into the monthly drawing that we have for some really cool prizes from the folks at Ram Trucks. Uh, great prize packs. We've got those listed as well of what you'll qualify to win. And as soon as you enter uh, or send us a picture, you're entered into the drawing automatically. The drawing is done by the computer. we got nothing to do with it. We just tell the computer, give us one once a month, and that's what they do. To find out more, go to the Trophy Room icon on the outdoors page of wbmetronews.com. You can click on enter your photo to win and submit your uh, your picture. And while you're there, click on the gallery itself and take a look at some of the really cool photos that we've gotten in so far in the contest. It's the Trophy Room, photo con- the uh, Ram Trophy Photo Contest from the folks at Ram Trucks. Got to take our first break. Jim Crum, our guest this morning. We'll hook up with him right after this. The leaves are falling in the Hatfield-McCoy Trails are calling, calling you to get out and get on the Hatfield-McCoy Trail system. West Virginia annual resident permits are only $26.50, so don't wait. Go online today to trailsheaven.com or see a Hatfield-McCoy Trails retailer and head for the hills. And don't forget, HMT's Bearwalla Off-Road Park for Jeeps, Hummers, and full-size off-road vehicles. Hatfield-McCoy Trails, your ticket to ATV Paradise. In West Virginia, wildlife is for everyone, and the West Virginia DNR works to keep it that way. Every year, West Virginia's Division of Natural Resources manages thousands of acres of public land and water, ensuring the future of our great natural resources in the Mountain State. Our state is a haven for all species of wildlife, game and non-game, and draws thousands each year to enjoy our rich outdoor heritage. When you buy a hunting or fishing license or take a stroll in our forest to view wildlife, you're enjoying what the DNR has made possible. The West Virginia DNR, working to ensure wildlife is for everyone. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 
The Peyton Law Firm, Tom and Harvey, remind you that hunting is a good way to cement father-son relationships. And fathers should always remind sons of all the safety rules. Point the gun away from people. Hunt with a partner. Wear blaze orange. However, hunting accidents do happen, as they do every day on the highway. If a careless driver breaks the rules and hits you, call Tom and Harvey. They'll hunt down the offender and get just compensation for you. Peyton Law Firm, online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Get the latest local news and weather, live high school sports, and your favorite talk shows like 580 Live and Ask the Expert right from your smartphone. With the 580 WCHS app. WCHS app. Go to Google Play or the App Store now and search for WCHS. Or check out WCHSnetwork.com and download the app today. Then you'll have the news and information you need to connect to our community. The WCHS app, now available. Now available. WCHSnetwork.com. Every can counts. Freeman Law Offices is proud to join us again this year for our Circle of Hope series. On Wednesday, November 20th, Mountain Mission will accept non-perishable food and monetary donations for their holiday food baskets from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. at 1111 Virginia Street East in Charleston. Help us pack the pantry for Circle of Hope, sponsored by Freeman Law Offices. 304-94-LEGAL. Freeman Law Offices. Efficient. Predictable. Effective. 580 WCHS presents informative programming every weekend. On Sundays, tune in for headline news out of Washington with Meet the Press and ABC This Week. The Best in Talk Radio continues on Now It's the News, the military veteran show front lines of freedom. Sunday Sports Line, ABC World News, and Planetary Science Radio. Find the complete programming schedule at WCHSnetwork.com slash programs. On Sundays, like every day, we are your information station, the voice of Charleston. 580 WCHS. West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Lawrence, Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented by the Peyton Law Firm, Harvey and Tom, protecting your rights online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Leaves are turning, there's a chill in the air. Campfires are burning, we're gathered around in chairs. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. I guess that answered my question. Dr. Jim Crum on the line this morning. I didn't know you could hear me at that point, buddy. Yeah, locked in, you said. Yeah, you're locked and loaded for the show. <laughs> How you been, man? Oh, I've been pretty well. I've been uh, been busy, as usual, but uh been pretty good. Every time I call you, I say, what are you doing? And you say, well, I'm trying to get a necropsy done here, but people keep calling me like you, so... <laughs> Either that or writing a letter for somebody or doing something like that or trying to put together some uh, data to look at something. And, uh, that's why they pay you the big bucks. Pardon me? I said that's why they pay you the big bucks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I had you on this morning. I have you on about once a year unless, you know, something crazy has occurred. But uh, fortunately, there's not been a whole lot of craziness to have you on to talk about here. But I have you on before the buck season because that, uh, the, the, the rifle season for bucks, because that's the one that, that it, it is the most popular hunting season in West Virginia, even though, you know, a lot of people look at that now with so much diversification in how we hunt and they don't anticipate it like it, it once was in West Virginia. It's still the, the week, the opening week, the, the week of Thanksgiving is still the most popular time for hunting in West Virginia, I think. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we still have. Schools that, uh, you know, they let the children off. Uh, everybody looks forward to it. Most people try to plan their vacation so they can uh, 
as of the week of Thanksgiving, or at least some of the days of the week of Thanksgiving, uh, to go out. And, you know, for the number of hunters in the woods, the first, uh, the first three days are of uh, our traditional firearms buck season, the uh, Monday before Thanksgiving is uh, always uh, a busy time. And am I, am I correct here that those first three days, that's when you'll have the most participation, and therefore probably about 80% of the deer that are killed in the two-week season are taken in those first three days? Is that right? Well, it may not be the that, that percentage is a, a, a little high. Uh, we're running maybe 40 50% uh, because people uh, actually harvest their animal or, you know, uh, go do something else uh, or don't have, you know, the Thanksgiving Day and those kind of family things that happen. And then a lot of people uh, don't have enough time to hunt in the second week, which is always a good time. There's plenty of animals left, of course. And I think it's a little misc, uh, you know, I, some people say, oh, well, if I don't get out there the first three days, they're gone. That's not the case. And I, I, I fight that all the time. It's just a percentage of when actual hunters are afield and and the, the recorded harvest is not necessarily a real indication of uh okay we took all the deer off the landscape type thing so right yeah you know the uh you you talk about that and because you have such a crush of hunters in the woods on those first three days that's going to impact the the movement and the behavior of the deer itself you're not going to be finding them you know, uh, necessarily following a feeding pattern or following even, in some cases, the rut, if it's still on, which this year it may it may be starting to wane. But it's just the fact that there is such a huge change in, in their forest, that's going to change their behavior because a bunch of uninvited guests just showed up in their living room. Well, that's true. The, uh, you know, people in the woods, uh, you know, that increases uh, the hunter-deer contact. So... It's good for some things, uh, for bucks probably, because they're still seeing. They're by that time they're just individual animals. Uh, they're not in any kind of big social group. Uh, for doe, for antlers, deer, and does, it's uh, kind of interesting. I've always felt like that moving uh, does, they aren't single, so they all. If anybody's been out there in the woods, they you don't usually see one doe. You see two or three does in a group so and that kind of uh you know they they move as a group so in essence your your probability of seeing bucks are, are a little better than maybe seeing the seeing does because you know you've actually cut back on the uh you know if you count three does as one uh mm-hmm. it's kind of an interesting concept i think it's uh out there for antlers hunters anyway. Over the course of time, and, and as you all have loosened the restrictions on taking antlerless deer, I've killed a lot of does. And I have, uh, during the buck season, like I, I'll, I'll shoot a doe just as quick as I'll shoot a buck, I have killed a lot of does that have been wandering alone, been riding solo. Does that say anything about that doe, that, that she's riding solo at this time of year, that... Uh, uh, is she one of the older ones that's not got any fawns, or probably is not uh, is on the uh, the the back the back side of her reproductive uh, time, and, and and is ostracized, or well, is it just she got no friends? It just might be the opposite. She may be uh, she may be an estrus, and and uh, uh, 
uh, being chased by a buck or, uh, you know, they actually do some pursuit on their own marking, uh, letting the, uh, the males know that they're in the area. So I, you know, uh, personally, I always uh, usually see if it's a single and it's an antlers deer, I, I question myself and I say, oh, is that a button buck, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and I have made that mistake a time or two, too, you know. Yeah, single deer are hard to judge on size and and uh, insects a lot of times, so. Yeah, unless they're really close to you and you can you can get a really good look at that head, it's 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 difficult to tell, especially at a hundred yards or further, particularly with my old eyes, <laughs> to, to know exactly what you're looking at there. You guys, and speaking of the antlerless season, you have done a lot over the course of the last ten to twenty years to reduce the number of deer on the landscape. You've done that in, 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 I think, in a controlled way because you don't want to go too far, but there are places in West Virginia where you're still trying to reduce the number of deer. Talk a little bit about why you do that and, and a little bit about why we're not quite there as, as to what you all are trying to achieve. Well, you can judge uh, where we're not quite there yet or where we are wanting to uh, still reduce the, the density uh, on the landscape by looking at our regulations and, and those or where we aren't achieving our antlers harvest to reduce that density. Uh, if you look in our regs where we've instituted the, for the where you have to kill an antlers deer before you can kill your second antler buck in any particular season, there's nine, nine full counties and portions of two. And uh, that will give you an idea if if you want to look to see where we want to concentrate that. The other counties, uh, you know, we do that through bag limits. Uh, anywhere from you can kill three in, in a, uh, some counties, and you can only kill one in another county. Some of the other counties, and then of course we do have, have some counties where you have to apply uh, prior application and go, and go through the lottery to get the opportunity to kill a an antlers deer with a firearm. But, uh, you know, the landscape only holds so many deer, and people don't really realize that. I'm just looking out my window here. i got a big old doe coming up the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and therein illustrates what your <laughs> what the problem is. Deer showing up in places they aren't necessarily needed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Some would argue with that, but then uh, you know what? If you're if you're if you're someone that just spent uh, five hundred dollars on landscaping flowers this spring, and you've got four deer that are helping themselves, those are the people that would really like to see that number reduced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here is a, a nice little uh, six point. <laughs> well, there you go. We, we've got love in the air, and Jim's. I gotta go and go. <laughs> Love is in the air in Jim's driveway this morning. Even as we speak to him, he gives us a play-by-play of what's happening as the rut is in full tilt. This year, the buck season opens a week from Monday, Jim. Typically, now this is probably the furthest away from the rut for opening day, is it? Isn't it? This is the this this is the latest that our our uh, buck firearm season's open. It mm-hmm. can open as early as the nineteenth, which was actually last year, and then by the way the calendar shifts. Because we've always had our season open the Monday prior to Thanksgiving, this is the latest. So 
next year it'll go it'll go one day back and it'll step back until it gets uh to the 19th and then it'll take an, you know and then we skip forward i uh I, I grew up in neighboring virginia their season opens on monday well, it may open on sunday i don't know but they and they did not. They they did not go by the Thanksgiving holiday. They sort of had their set in stone. Sometimes the Thanksgiving week is opening week. Sometimes it's the final week of the season, which will be the case this year. But West Virginia has always traditionally opened it on the Monday before Thanksgiving, and that's been pretty hard and fast. People kind of like that. Uh, and and like you say, it varies as to whether you're going to get what stage of the rut for rifle season. Does that have any impact uh, where, where that opening day is? As far as well, the numbers, uh, yeah, I, I, it does uh, from the standpoint of of deer movement. I mean, if we had uh, it's one of the things when we've had people or suggestions to move the opening day even further earlier in November, uh, we tried to point out to people that it is biologically timed. Uh, you don't want to. Some states, you know, they put their their uh, antler buck season right in. Uh, they try to hit the rut, which uh, you know we've we've traditionally tried to keep it at the. I wouldn't say out of the rut, but at least at the end of the rut, so we get the annual renewal process and and don't disrupt that uh, that segment. So uh, you know the southern states and. Some of those are starting to rethink some of their season dates because uh, they, I was amazed, uh, they were still looking at uh, their, uh, when they were getting, uh, when their does were getting bred. And I'm going, okay, didn't you do that a long time ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the season is deliberately set, the, the rifle season is deliberately set in West Virginia so as to miss the peak of the rut, but at times... A few, you know, every now and then it'll come in right at the tail end, and you'll get more activity than than not. Well, you get the, when it comes in the nineteenth, it's getting close because our our peak conception dates for our does on uh, what we've done through all the well. Last time we really looked at it real hard was in the the, the turn of the century there in two thousand uh, before a little before two thousand and in two thousand and two. I think we stopped collections, but but uh, yeah. It, you know, our peak conception dates are the four, about the 14th to the 17th. And so when you get to open your season on the 19th, you're getting pretty close. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but that's conception dates. Rut is kind of strange. People, uh, you know, judging it by conception dates, a good way to judge it. But rut actually uh, is a male dominated behavior from the standpoint of the way most hunters view it and it's uh and that's photo period driven uh, meaning the length of the days yes yeah. yeah and you know but you know i based on uh, information <laughs> in the literature and things it's it's uh from my experience the when the does actually come in estrus is when it really turns up Gotcha. Uh, when the pheromones start flying in the air, uh, that's when it really gets busy out there. And, you know, that's, uh, again, I hate to say this, but the females are, are uh, you know, determining when that happens. And, uh, and actually, in good mass years, uh, they may came in, they may come in a little earlier uh, than they usually do. Gotcha. So they may come 
come into estrus a little earlier, and I think that uh, that plays a lot into our variation between years of uh, of rut. Jim Crum is our guest this. Jim Crum's our guest this morning. He's the leader of the uh, DNR's Deer Project. Jim, hang on. i got plenty more questions for you, but i got to take a break and pay some bills. We'll be right back in a moment after this. There are some who'd like for us to imagine a world without coal-based electricity. Okay, then. Let's see what that would look like. Without coal-based power plants, we wouldn't have reliable electricity. Electricity prices would rise. Local communities would lose jobs. And our national economy would suffer. So yes, we can imagine a world without coal, and it's a pretty scary place to be. Fact is, we need coal-based electricity for reliable power, for affordable energy, for strong jobs that contribute to a stronger U.S. economy, for global competitiveness. That's why coal-based electricity is such an important part of our energy solutions, now and for many years to come. Coal is West Virginia. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. In most cases, when you go hunting, you'll have to travel some distance to get to your favorite spot. Now, we know you'll be careful, but what about the distracted driver who slams into you, causing injuries and damage? You deserve compensation. You need the Peyton Law Firm. You need Tom and Harvey. Their research and over 60 years of experience mean a head start toward a successful ending. The Peyton Law Firm. Tom and Harvey. Online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Hey, Greg, I'm so sorry to hear about your brother's heart attack. Thanks. He's okay now, but it really got me thinking about my family. You know, could my wife still pay our mortgage if I had a heart problem? Or could my kids still go to college? Man, that is really scary. Yeah, you should call my life insurance agent at Health IQ. When I got life insurance for my family last year, they saved me 41% versus any other company I looked at. 41%? That's huge. Yep. Health IQ starts by shopping everyone with the top 30 life insurance carriers to make sure they can get the lowest retail rate. Then they apply their exclusive healthy lifestyle savings, which can save you up to 41%. I literally got a million dollars in coverage for my family for just $36 a month. Just $36 a month? Yep. You should check it out at healthiq.com slash easy. To save that much money, I'm going to call them right now. What's that link again? Healthiq.com slash easy? Yep. HealthIQ.com slash easy. It doesn't matter whether it's spring, summer, fall, or winter. Sports are always in season on Charleston's ESPN Radio. Charleston's ESPN is the radio home of college football and basketball, Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. Champions are made on Charleston's ESPN with the college football playoffs, the World Series, and the NBA Championship. Sports 24 hours a day, powered by the worldwide leader, Charleston's ESPN 106.7 and 1490, part of the WCHS News Network. Live 80 Live weekday mornings at 9 is presented in part by Gresham Plumbing and Heating Supplies. Visit the new state-of-the-art location at 703 West Washington Street, just past Edgewood Drive. Last year we had a bumper crop when them white oak acorns started to drop. So many I twisted my ankle walking through the stand. Hey, we're back on West Virginia Outdoors. Jim Crum, the Deer Project Leader for the West Virginia DNR, is our guest and also helping us with some technical off-the-air stuff. Jim, we appreciate your help there as we try to identify bugs in our system. Thank you for your help. 
help. <laughs> well, I could hear you the whole time, so, you know. There you go. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm just wondering why you were listening to us and you didn't slip out the back and uh, with your crossbow and take that six-point. I mean, you know, well, the, the opportunity was there. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like having a, having a tree stand in your kitchen for the morning. That's, that, that, yeah, that, well, that's funny. Well, this is uh, looking out the uh, – I'm sitting on the couch here and looking out the back door for the uh, – here in the living room so my i got well my son describes my place as 30 acres in a shack so nothing wrong with that brother <laughs> <laughs> and i think the, the little buck uh little buck uh yeah he's he's one that needs to walk for this year so. well he probably is just trying to figure out why he is so attracted to that doe he's not even got it under control yet that's right so yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that because that is something that draws a lot of attention is antler development. What are we seeing in West Virginia this year as far as the size of uh, of bucks or what you would consider mature bucks in West Virginia? Uh, are there going to be plenty of those out there, those two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-year-old deer? Well, if it's consistent with last year, you know, last year's harvest, at least over in the eastern panhandle, you know, it's a little hard to get a handle on some of that now because we don't run check stations in the other parts of the state every year since we went to the electronic check. But, uh, you know, our, our age structure is still, uh, when we look at it, it's still preponderance of two-and-a-halfs and three-and-a-halfs that are harvest in the harvest rather than a year-and-a-halfs, which is, you know, I think a, 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 and I, it's due to the deer, the standing crop, that's on the ground out there, plus the hunter selection that's taking place now. I think uh, people uh, realize that passing up that yearling uh, will create a little better buck the next year. So, yeah, I think you're right. There has been a lot of of that. There's been a lot of discussion about that, obviously, in the off season here. And uh, and I think you're finding a lot of uh, of hunters in West Virginia that are starting to say. You know, be a little more selective in, in what they shoot, rather than, you know, twenty years ago uh, when it was truly buck season. The first buck you saw, you shot it. That's that, that that's not the case anymore. And I think people are becoming more selective in what they're willing to take. They'll the, the term shooter buck has 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 entered the lexicon now. And uh, when yeah, you let it walk, it's for when you shoot. Yeah, and you realize that uh, essentially, I think. Putting the antler season concurrent with the buck season, and 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 uh, actually giving people an opportunity to kill kill a deer uh, while they're afield, when the most people were afield, uh, that actually has an impact too. Because you know, and I know, when you sh- pull the trigger, the work starts, and you you have to take care of that animal, and that takes you out of the field. So, unlike uh, you know, year when we don't we didn't have uh, an antler season out there. That mm. someone or that hunter or he or her stayed in a field because until they got shot a buck, right? Right. And yeah. So you know, I think that's had an impact on on some carryover for for our for our standing crop of bucks, and uh, I, I don't want to discount that totally. I think. Uh, if you kind of look at our data, it kind of shows that. The other thing that you all have allowed now, too, is that in the old days, once you killed a deer, either a buck or a doe, you were done. You had to be out of the woods. It's not the case anymore. You can take, uh, you still only kill one buck, but you can still stick around 
and hunt for that doe, or you can kill a doe and keep hunting for the buck and then kill a second doe. I mean, that's true. That's that's changed things as well. Yeah, well, that's that's just giving people more opportunity to be a field and participate in deer hunting, and and hopefully uh, we are, uh, you know, designed into our our antler season so that we can maintain the populations that people still think are are adequate. Because uh, if people don't see deer, they get discouraged. Right. So, uh, especially the yeah the not so intense hunter. So, uh, and nowadays, uh, I, you know, we don't see a lot of, uh, you know, everybody talks about the fact that people don't hunt anymore, don't, they can't drive there in their four-wheeler, or they do this. I still think we have a lot of, a lot of hunters that hunt, they, that hunt and actually look for natural foods and stuff, but I, I granted, I think that uh, we have had uh, uh, increase in, I won't call them lazy hunters, but different hunting methods that we weren't accustomed to. Right. That's the, that, that's the politically correct way to put it. <laughs> yeah, well, I tried to. You know, I talked to Gary Foster uh, yesterday. I, I, was the, I was in the necropsy room. Uh, of course you were. Hosting the deer, and he walks in, and he tell, I say, well, i got to be on Chris's show, you know, tomorrow, and... and uh, <laughs> Said, uh, and I, he says now, uh, I said, well, I told him. They all get nervous when you say that. <laughs> yeah, he did. And he says, oh, my God. That. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jim Crum, always a pleasure to have you on with us. I got, I got more to talk about. You mentioned something a moment ago that uh, you guys are going to uh be again running the check stations over in the eastern panhandle and that's for a sinister reason that we really hate to talk about but it is it is an elephant in the room so we'll get into that in just a moment jim crumbs our guest this morning on west virginia outdoors we got to take a break and be back in a moment right after this show us what you got in the annual ram trophy photo contest send us a picture documenting your hunting and fishing success story if you killed a nice buck or you got a trophy sized fish we'd love to see it and help you show it off to the world at our website wbmacronews.com now, size doesn't matter. If it's a trophy to you, it's a trophy to us. So go to the outdoors page of WBMetroNews.com, click the Ram Trophy Room icon, and submit your pictures. We'll have four monthly prizes drawn randomly from all entrants. From Ram Trucks and Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. At RBC Wealth Management, they work with you to plan for your financial future with their unique Wealth Plan analysis. Wealth Plan helps you prioritize goals, identify ways to maximize your resources, and determine the best way to achieve those goals for a comfortable retirement. No matter where you are on your financial path, let RBC help you bring your goals to life. Call 800-950-3421 for a complimentary consultation. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, member NYSE FINRA SIPC. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News, the voice of West Virginia. 580 WCHS has once again been recognized as one of the best radio news stations in the country with a national 2019 Edward R. Murrow Award. The teachers and service personnel here are on the picket line. We provide the most complete continuing coverage. No words can really describe it. Just a sea of teachers as far as the eye can see. Stay informed online at WCHSnetwork.com, on our mobile app, and over the air on The Voice of Charleston. 104.5, 96.5, and 580 WCHS. 
Raise your space and science IQ every Sunday night with Planetary Radio on 580 WCHS. Planetary Radio visits with the scientists, astronauts, and space leaders with exciting perspectives on the exploration of our solar system and beyond. I'm Matt Kaplan. Join me, Bill Nye the Science Guy, and other Planetary Society colleagues as we travel the universe. That's Planetary Radio, Sunday nights at 9.30 on The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS and 96.5 FM. Every can counts. Freeman Law Offices is proud to join us again this year for our Circle of Hope series. On Wednesday, November 20th, Mountain Mission will accept non-perishable food and monetary donations for their holiday food baskets from 7 a.m. till 6 p.m. at 1111 Virginia Street East in Charleston. Help us pack the pantry for Circle of Hope, sponsored by Freeman Law Offices. 304-94-LEGAL. Freeman Law Offices. Efficient. Predictable. Effective. Hey everybody, Chris Lawrence here inviting you to join me this and every Saturday morning on 580 WCHS for West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Peyton Law Firm. I've got the very latest information of interest to West Virginia sportsmen and some really cool outdoor stories from all over the great mountain state. Plus, if you can't catch us on Saturday, don't forget the replay at 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon. It's West Virginia Outdoors, presented by the Peyton Law Firm and brought to you in part by Rodney Loftus and Sun Contracting on the voice of Charleston 580 WCHS. West Virginia Outdoors brought to you locally by Rodney Loftus and Son Contracting, West Hello. Virginia's demolition experts. No, no dead air. We're back. <laughs> Jim Crumb. So you can talk about me. Yeah, well, we're, 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 we're going through a, a phase here that we're trying to figure out the controls, and, uh, and, and we are using you as the guinea pig to, uh, to get that accomplished, so I appreciate That's that. Good. Yeah. Now it's a little dangerous because I may be talking off air and <laughs> I may not be politically correct. Well, let me let me tell you a little something a little something that has always been drilled into my head as a broadcaster since I decided to go into this business. Anytime there's a microphone nearby, you treat it the same way you would treat a rattlesnake. <laughs> because that sucker can bite you from anywhere and you never know what it's gonna do. So oh, I think it's if you look at it, if you look at it in that in that vein, you'll be safe. So, <laughs> Jim Crum, our guest this morning, he's the Deer Project leader for the West Virginia DNR. Uh, you, you mentioned the fact that ever since we've gone to the electronic li- uh, electronic check in system, and I don't think anybody's complaining about that thing because <laughs> I really like it. I can check the deer even before I get my hands dirty, you know, field dressing it from wherever it fell. Uh, but what that does do is it robs you all of a lot of uh, of really critical information in some cases. And in particular in the eastern panhandle, you guys once again are going to be running those check stations over there where hunters, at least for the first couple of days in, in, in a set number of counties, have got to bring in their deer and let you take a look at it. Yeah, it, uh, well, you know, I don't know. It does keep us from putting our hands on uh a lot of deer in a quick period of time. But, yes, in the eastern panhandle, just like as we did last year, we have some. Uh, we have two days, the first two days of the of, uh, the 25th, 26th, uh, Monday, Tuesday, of the, prior to Thanksgiving, we have uh, mandatory carcass inspection, I'd like to call it, because we don't, uh, you know, it's not you have to give us a sample, but we're going to at least want to look at your deer. Uh, and, you know, we'll be running, uh, what, four stations in Berkeley County, five in Mineral, and three in Morgan. It, uh, 
Any in Hampshire? Location. No. Actually, we don't have enough personnel, and we put Hampshire on a five-year cycle. Uh, we know that the, this is a monitoring program. You know, we use Hunter Harvest as monitor, not to find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we uh, last year we did Berkeley and Mineral County because we had we picked up two road kills in Berkeley, and we picked up a clinical in Mineral the year before. And so we wanted to know, you know, how that was going to impact Hunter Harvest. Uh, uh, that them is monitoring and that and our sample sizes to get samples uh the number of samples we need uh we decided to do it again this year plus you know that during that sampling we found actually our positive we we uh, thought it was in morgan county because we'd had positives on the border you could see the county line from where the deer positive deer was shot but we finally got one uh, um, that is in the county, so we we added Morgan County this year. Probably probably need to interject here. We're talking about chronic wasting disease (CWD) and where it's been found in West Virginia. Yes, so well, we haven't uh, we've detected it uh, in deer in five counties. Of course, Hampshire is the uh, was the first, and actually uh, the whole county now is uh, we've got detected uh, animals in the. Continues continues that slow spread, and uh, I, I mean, have you have you gained any more knowledge about what's causing it, what's causing its spread, and and what what we can do to to turn it back? Well, we got, we had some natural spread uh, from dispersal of uh, animals, and it's kind of interesting over there. Uh, you know, it's you know that Berkeley County uh, detection. It coincides with uh, the detections in Virginia because if you look at the map, uh, the way those counties are situated geographically, there uh, it's kind of a with our little hook there. Uh, Frederick County, uh, Virginia, is there. They've essentially done the same thing to that county that we've done to Hampshire. Put it in on a different schedule for for monitoring uh, because it's there and. Uh, and so, you know, but we're still going to have a, uh, a station. Uh, the district office will be manned, and if somebody wants to get their deer tested, although it's not a food safety test, I uh, will point out that. Uh, we had a few walk-ins last year, uh, people that think that that's something they need to do for their harvest. Uh, they can still go into the district office. There will be people there that mm-hmm. take samples for Hampshire County, uh, at least. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's slow. It's uh, you know you, you have to realize we detected our first one in 2005, and and I'm it's not the spread uh, spread across the the rest of Hampshire County. It uh, seems to go a little east and west, and not necessarily as much. Uh, uh, in Hardy County, it just appears to see be still up in the northern half yeah. of Hardy County. So, uh, other states, uh, there's a big uh, uh, shove in Pennsylvania right now. They're they're trying to revamp their response plan um, and do some 
different things. Yeah. Uh, we we are we've instituted a lot of things that uh, people you know don't agree with the feeding and baiting uh, restrictions in those counties, the carcass transport restriction, uh, trying to keep it from being uh, those methods of spread. Uh, just like all the other states, you know, there's 26 states right now that have detected CWB. We're talking to Jim Crum, who's the Deer Project Leader for the West Virginia DNR. Jim, hang on. We'll uh, wrap up our conversation in a moment. But first, we've got to take this break and get this word from the folks at Ram Trucks, made for those who stand apart. Black Friday to get a great deal. Hurry into the Ram Black Friday sales event today, where it's easier than ever to get a new Ram truck, because we've got Employee Pricing Plus all month long. Whether you're heading up to the cabin for a weekend getaway or braving a trip to the mall for last-minute gifts, the Ram 1500, with its available Hemi V8 with e-torque hybrid technology, will help ensure you'll get where you need to go, rain, shine, or snow. And no matter where this season takes you or what the forecast calls for, the Ram 3500, with its available Cummins turbo diesel, can tow 35,100 pounds and is capable of 1,000 pound-feet of torque. So you'll be ready for anything the holiday throws at you. So no more waiting in line and no more camping out because Employee Pricing Plus is here all November long. Hurry in to the Ram Black Friday sales event today. Offer is available on the purchase or lease of a new 2019 model year vehicle. Must take retail delivery by 12-2-2019. See dealer for details. You're listening to West Virginia Outdoors presented by the Hatfield-McCoy Trails on Metro News. The boys of West Virginia. What's the easy way to combine the sport of hunting and a law firm in the same commercial? The law firm is the Peyton Law Firm, Tom and Harvey. The hunting means driving to Boone County or Clay, Jackson, Lincoln, or Fayette County. Driving means that a not-paying-attention driver could crash into you, and that means getting Tom and Harvey to get you the compensation you deserve. The Peyton Law Firm, online at PeytonLawFirm.com. Secret Santa volunteers are working really hard to make it a happy Christmas for less fortunate children in the Charleston area. But we need some help from you. The easiest way to be a child's Secret Santa is to make a $75 donation to sponsor one child. And Secret Santa volunteers will do the shopping for you. Or you can do the shopping for the child you sponsor. Be a Secret Santa by calling 304-344-TOYS and see all the information on our station website. Or go to WVSecretSanta.org. 580 WCHS, your information station, provides informative talk and unique programming every weekend. On Saturdays, check out Diverse Talk Radio with West Virginia Outdoors, hosted by Chris Lawrence, ABC News Perspective. Check it out, Technology News, The Money Pit Home Improvement, and The Science Fantastic with Professor Michio Kaku. Find the complete programming schedule at WCHSnetwork.com slash programs. On Saturdays, like every day, we are your information station. The Voice of Charleston, 580 WCHS. On November 17th, it won't be your mother's Thanksgiving. Don't miss the fourth annual YWCA Charleston Foodie Feast. Gobble up one-of-a-kind culinary creations and traditional comfort foods, all with a Thanksgiving twist. Join radio partner 580 WCHS on November 17th at the Betty Keaton Temple in downtown Charleston. Buy your tickets today at foodiefeastwv.com. All proceeds benefit the YWCA. Social Winners Homeless Shelter. We'll see you at the Foodie Feast from the YWCA and presented in part by 580 WCHS. 
West Virginia Outdoors with Chris Warren Saturday at 7 a.m. and Sunday at 5 p.m. Presented with the Payton Law Firm. Are you top? Protecting your rights online at PaytonLawFirm.com. Welcome back to West Virginia Outdoors. Coop, you'll like this uh, headline. <laughs> Video on YouTube. 12-pound bass attacks a 2-pound bass in the fish tank at Bass Pro Shops. I would have given money to have watched that show and the reaction of the folks there that were probably staring on in horror. Mother Nature can be a violent place if you pay close attention. Jim Crum is uh, the Deer Project leader for the West Virginia DNR, and is our guest this morning. You can attest to that, Jim. There's some there's some violence that happens in the wild. Well, Mother Nature is not very forgiving. If you are not at your top of your game, you get usually get uh, <laughs> you get eliminated. She's and, not she's you know, not I'm politically not correct. Question with the CWD thing. The, the answer is there's no proven management techniques uh a lot of states have tried a, diff- a lot of different things and there's still a lot of research going on and it's, and it's hard to put uh you know uh, pennsylvania started a research program where they were actually going to reduce deer densities on one study area and keep it the same on the other just to see how that affected the prevalence level of the or the number of animals that actually were infected on the, in the ground on the ground we uh we don't. Ours is, you know, we try to pick up on, you know, you know, how is this, uh, you know, playing in the in the population, and, and is it affecting our our recruitment? And so far, we we don't see a big uh, impact yet, but probably the the amount of disease on the landscape is not to the point. It's such a slow, slow disease. Mm-hmm. Or, it's not like a hemorrhagic disease outbreak. So yeah, uh, we had a, before. I've only got a couple of minutes here, and I want to get this question in. Caller off the air. Ask us. He, he said he had a buck come up in his backyard this week, and it was covered with what he described as uh, warts, uh, probably those big tumors. I've seen pictures of deer like that. They don't look. Um, <laughs> they certainly don't look good. What is that when they've got those big warts all over them? Yeah, that's a cutaneous fibroma, and some. Uh, most deer are able to resolve those. Uh, some deer get uh, really bad infections. They're, they're transmitted between deer by biting insects, uh, mainly uh, mosquitoes. But uh, are they fatal? Uh, had a lot of calls this year. I think it was because of uh, some of the wet uh, spring and mosquito populations. I think uh, mm. so. But uh, a lot, a lot of deer have it, but. People just don't see it, and then on some deer it gets really out of hand, and there's a, a multitude of those, and they get really big. They're only skin deep, though, and they really don't do anything to the deer unless they get involved with, you know, visual. They get in the way of the deer seeing or, or the mouth and eating. Yeah. And that, they don't do yeah, they are unsightly, that's for sure. Well, I tell you what, man, I sure do appreciate you coming on with us this morning. Uh, we're just about out of time. So uh, have yourself a great day and uh, and have a great deer season. Always good to have you on to talk a little about this. Well, I'm glad to be on. I'm sorry I rambled a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> All righty. You have a good day. Take it easy, Jim. All righty. Dr. Jim Crum, the Deer Project Leader for the West Virginia Division of Natural Resources. Man is a walking encyclopedia. As you can tell, a lot of times he rubs people the wrong way because he tells it the way he sees it. A lot of people don't like that, but that's okay. That's uh, that's who you want. Uh, <laughs> that's-
a guy a guy who's unapologetic. That's who you're looking for. That's going to take it. Ninety-six point five FM, Charleston, and one hundred four point five FM, Cross Lanes, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station. It's eight o'clock. From ABC News. I'm Michelle Franzen. On Capitol Hill today, more closed-door depositions in the impeachment inquiry. It follows the first week of public hearings. Yesterday, former U.S. Ambassador Marie Ivanovich testified she was ousted as part of